in order for you and me to devise some kind of method or strategy to offset some of the events or a repetition of the events that have taken place here in Los Angeles recently, we have to go to the root. We have to go to the cause. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us for episode seven of the Last Train podcast. Here we like to focus on this idea of genuine conversation. We're just a couple of guys trying to share our thoughts and opinions about some things in the world that we feel matter. We never quite know where we're going to end up, but we're willing to follow that train and uh, hopefully learn a few things about ourselves. My name is Toby, and I'm joined here by Yanu and somebody new. Her name is Juliana. What's good, last train? <laughs> so what's up? And uh, we hope you enjoy the show today. Um, so where we ended up last week on uh, episode six, uh, we were continuing our discussion on white fragility. And the reason we continued it was because I didn't have my closure. I didn't like the way that we ended it on episode <laughs> five. So I used the form of executive power and continued that until I got my way. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, we were having a conversation on sort of um, understanding um, white fragility as it pertains to understanding whiteness, not just as this sort of aesthetic distinguisher, but as a sort of dominant uh, power structure in society. And we sort of invoke this idea that with a more holistic understanding of history, um, you know, we're not, we, we don't seek to just be able to undermine sort of the subtle effects of a fragile relationship to racial understanding implicit within sort of the white dominant group, but also reach a kind of cultural closure much of the relationship in America between whites and people of color, um, it's, uh, it's strange. It's a nightmare. But uh, that leads us into, oddly, into what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about this idea of deja vu and dreams. We hope you enjoy the show today. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. I think... You know, I usually like to start this episode sort of anecdotally. I uh, pick an example or a quote, but I couldn't really find a quote because I think we don't really need it before we talk about deja vu and dreams. I think we all have a subtle understanding. Um, it's an, it's uh, just a basic definition. I think it's one of probably the weirdest, weirdest things anyone can experience. Sober. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Sort of this lag when you eventually... You, uh, you experience things in such a way that you feel like you've lived that day before. When's the last time you guys experienced deja vu? Uh, I can go first. For me, it's been a while. I don't um, maybe... Actually, maybe last year. Yeah. I think when I moved back to BC, yeah. there was... I don't know. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it just seemed like something I had done before and might have had something to do with just being in a familiar place again after a long time. 
But yeah, that was that's the last time I experienced it. Yeah. Juliana, what about you? I can't remember the last time I experienced deja vu, but I'm always so tripped out when I do. And I used to be like really obsessed with deja vus, like figuring out like why does this happen? Yeah. And there's it's a like, freaky thing. Yeah. There's all these theories about like it's when witches put a spell on you or it's when like your past self remembers something that happened or, you know, like a glitch in the matrix. In the matrix. Yeah. And I love that. When yeah. I watched the matrix, I was like, wow, this, you know, the thing about the matrix is, is that it just I mean, makes sense. Sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that could totally happen. We're asleep right now. Yeah. yeah. Man. Um, when did you get a deja vu? Man. I think it was a couple weeks ago and I was watching a show. Whoa, recently. Um, recently, watching a show. And I was pretty invested in this show. I was like maybe like three seasons deep. And it gets to a point where it's like, I'm pretty sure I've watched this show right here in this place sitting on this couch. Damn. But I've, I'm, I couldn't have. I wouldn't have mm-hmm. forgotten watching like six seasons of a random show. But it happened. And... It's, uh, I did a lot of research on it and I had a lot of fun this week reading up on this stuff. Educate me. Okay. You guys ready? I'm ready. ready. Okay. Turns out that it only happens to, it happens more to young people, people that travel a lot and fans of film. Huh. (laughs) Say that one more time. Happens to to young people. Young people. People that travel a lot. People that travel a lot and and film fans. Based on that, I can come up with some bro science to explain <laughs> Just that. Sort of but that, that's what, you know what I mean? But like um, the, the, the term was coined by a Frenchman and his name, I don't want to mispronounce his name. His name is Emile Boirac. Okay. <laughs> uh, he was a French, what they call a parapsychologist. And he coined the term in the 1870s. Um, and uh, essentially he was trying to describe a feeling um, of... Uh, when you feel like you've lived a certain experience uh, before. And um, it was once thought of, and like, like you were saying, uh, it was once thought of as a kind of elevated clairvoyance. People mm-hmm. can see the future, you can see things yeah. clearly. Or a theory that I like before we sort of get into like the boring science of it mm-hmm. is reincarnation. Yeah, yeah. That's a cool one. Like yeah. I've lived the past life before yeah. and, and now that I'm here. But like that doesn't work because like as I was doing some research on this, it said like, okay, how am I going to be here like – on my MacBook Pro, feeling like I've used this before, but my past life, there were no MacBook mm-hmm. Pros. So, like, a lot of the research, is it's it's set up in such a way that it doesn't respect how spooky this thing is. Yeah. And it's really just trying to debunk it and explain it in every which way possible. Well, that's the... I remember we were talking uh, with a mutual friend on uh, on Monday about just the, the, the two these two sides yeah. of understanding things we can't explain. Mm. And we come from an African side where everything is, you know, spiritualized and is over, is blown up to be so much. Yeah. But then you, yeah. And yeah. then you'll come to the, the West and they have an explanation for it. Yeah. And we were like, well, I remember that. Yeah. And we yeah. were like, well, based on that, you could say like, man, like all like, People back where we come from just need to, you know, just understand the science and the this and the stuff more. Yeah. But 
<laughs> if you flip that on, on, like, if you look at it the other way too, because of how simplified and how everything seems to have a theory or explanation on this side of the world, yeah, sometimes they oversimplify some scary shit. Yeah. Where it's like, I think we were talking about sleep paralysis and yeah. how on one end, the African thing is like, oh, you, you know. Possessed. Like, yeah, it possessed yeah, a demon what was on top of animated you. Thing. And then you come in like, oh, actually, it's it's normal. There's science for you. Like, okay, cool. <laughs> but on the on the flip side, the people who are like, oh, it's normal. It's just science behind it. This and this, this. Okay. It's like, you're also... Like maybe you shouldn't also be that chill about it because yeah. it is free. It's some pretty <laughs> but, messed up stuff, right? Have like, you guys, why? It takes away from it in a, in a certain. Yeah. Way. Have you yeah. guys ever had a deja vu where you swore to God, like you actually had that in a dream? Mm. Like you're like, I dream this. Dream, yeah, yeah. That's a that's a different kind of thing. Wait, I have that, that. Like you know, you dreamed it, or you feel like you must have dreamt this. Could be either one. Yeah. Okay. There's a word for it. It's called deja rev. There it we means go. I've dreamed this before. Yeah. It's a different thing. Yeah. But like, that's weird that you're talking about how like, because like we're talking about this kind of creepy thing that happens to people mm-hmm. and it's in a way it's fun and it lets us believe that we've maybe we've lived before, we can see the future. It connects us to this kind of spiritual place. It puts us in a spiritual place with our being. Yeah. And then we come to the West and they function just to debunk things and let you understand yeah. that you're actually not special. <laughs> this is what's happening. <laughs> yeah. It's oddly comforting. Yeah. And I guess so. <laughs> um, but sort of moving this forward, it's it's weird because I've I read a lot of research on it and psychology isn't really my field. I'm a philosophy guy. I think in the abstract, psychology is more about just testing and it's, right. you know, it's fascinating. So, and deja vu is a pretty hard thing to test because you can't sit around and wait six months for somebody to be like, I had deja vu last <laughs> third. You can't keep people captive. And like, did any of you, you felt it yet? Let's go measure. Yeah. Let's go do an MRI on your brain real quick. Yeah. So, but there was a test and I was reading this at the university of St. Andrews where they were able to replicate deja vu. So what they did. So what they did, and it's it's a little funky, but I don't know. They're scientists, so it must be uh-huh. true. Stranger things. Right? Don't question it. <laughs> um, what they did is that they took a bunch of a uh, bunch of people. I think it was a pretty small sample size. They had thirty people, or some somewhere between twenty and thirty participants, and they showed them. They exposed them to a bunch of words on a television screen. All the words had to do with sleep. So it's things like tired, fatigue drowsy, bed, pillow, mm. showed them a bunch of words that suggested sleep, but the word sleep was never actually said. Then they were meant to report the words that they saw. Mm. And almost all participants said, we heard the word sleep. I was pretty sure I was there. I saw the video. Sleep was there, but rather sleep was just suggested. Implied. Do you guys hear lie. that? And then you think like, oh, I think like I'd be the one person <laughs> oh, who would say I that have- I... Didn't see sleep. Didn't just I have know. been in, like you like hear that and you're like, mm, I probably wouldn't have been an exception to that. I have it's been in people, enough right? psychology classes, yeah. literally four, to be like, oh, there's no way I'm debunking like, this. You're I would have sure fallen. Part of the majority. Yes. Yeah. Like there was one we saw where it was a video, and you had to focus on what the characters were doing, mm. and then. When the video is done, they tell you, you know, what was this character doing, this character doing, you answer it. And they're like, did you see the ape that walked across the screen? <laughs> I and think I'm I like, know what you're talking about. And I'm like, what ape? No. 
And sure enough, they played a video back and it was a freaking ape, bro. Damn and I'm like, well, it I'm, makes you feel I'm definitely the dumb, like, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm the dumber But like, that's majority. how these things are sort of set up. It's to yeah. make you feel somehow like, ah, yeah, yeah. we tricked you. So it's like, yeah. you didn't. Yeah. But that, you didn't that's prove anything. You just proved that you're a bunch of assholes. Proving the, the matrix. <laughs> that's all this is proving. The uh, interesting thing about the reason why these things are hard to study uh, has to do with just reliability of memory in the first place. Yeah. So even that idea. Oh my god! <laughs> Don't even go there. So even that idea of I know I have blah blah blah. Uh, there's studies against psychology studies where people see an accident happen. Yeah. And then over time, their story is completely changed. Not but they, only they that, believe it to be true. I mm. read a study of these, these like the, they technically gave permission. I don't even know how you would give permission to do this experiment. <laughs> but they had a person come on and their moms and they asked their moms, were they ever lost in the mall as a child? And the mom was like, no, these people were never lost in the mall. Mm. And these are adults. And then the psychologists essentially start telling them, yeah, you were lost in the mall as a child. Do you remember this? And they go, oh, I'm not sure. And then they go, yeah, what were you wearing? And then they say, yeah, yeah, I was wearing a red jacket. Oh, yeah. yeah I remember. And they start recalling things. Things that never actually Things that happened. never happened. And it happened consistently because with every single powerful. person. The that mind they is a powerful would do this. So you can literally implant memories yeah. into people's minds. And they were, they were talking about like, oh, how do we use this? Even? Like a like, kind of hypnosis in a way? Not just even a hypnosis. Have you, it's suggestive. Do, do you but remember they talked about Inception? using it for like weight loss. Like, oh, if we implanted these memories into people, maybe it could help them with their weight loss or blah, like. So yeah. the memory is or create so... like sleeper agents and stuff. Like, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but you can fabricate anything in your mind. Like really, truly you can. That's literally what Inception was. Is the idea of we, they lived in a world where people knew that yeah. your mind can be hacked. Yeah. So you had to go to, you had to go one or two levels deeper. Yeah. To, imp, to implant. That was your dream. Certain uh, th- right, yeah. In this case, in the case of Inception, it was dreams. But you had to, but yet you couldn't just do it. You had to go deeper enough to convince the person that it was actually their mm-hmm. dream or right. idea or thought. Like yeah. you, you, you had to go past just the base to where you get the person to kind of write their story. Yeah. It's- so when you factor that in, it's like, well, then what is? Deja vu is deja vu. Just I've seen this commercial a bunch and yeah. think it's or this. Or is the government keeping something yeah. from us? Well, Does they this always have to do are. With aliens? Something like that. The government yeah. works because they keep things from from <laughs> us. <laughs> it's a weird sort. Of, but like eventually, what? So all they were trying to do for this test is that you know a lot of people when they think of deja vu, they think of it as like a memory thing, right? So like perhaps your brain experienced something. And it just didn't put it together. And then so when you encountered a similar situation with similar-ish mm. things, then your brain made those connections. And then now you're able to like, wow, I've totally been here before. When in fact, mm. your brain just fucked up like six months ago. Yeah. This right? is what the psychologist found? No, no. They were trying to, dis- that. that's just the oh, okay. normal kind of basic. Everybody okay. just thinks it's a memory thing, like just straight up, right? Mm-hmm. And so what, after they did this test and they pretty much suggested the word sleep without saying it and everybody could swear that they recall seeing sleep 
was that they did an fMRI on their brains, mm-hmm. right? And typically when, and then they ask them the question again. And typically what happens is that it's the hippocampus or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not trying to act like I know what a hippocampus is. It's the part of your brain that, <laughs> that does memory. deals with memory. It's yeah. like your brain's library. Yeah. Um, that's what's supposed to light up, right? But that didn't light up, right? Mm. It was actually, oh. and I have it here, it was the frontal areas of the brain frontal that lobe. lit up. Frontal lobe, yeah. So essentially, it was the side of the brain that was um, conducting decision-making, yeah. not memory. Yeah. So then the theory they came up with huh. was deja vu is essentially your mind's way of checking certain memory-making paths in your brain. Okay. Something like that. Okay, because I've read, I don't even remember where I read this. Maybe someone needs to pull it up. But I've read that deja vus come from neurolapses mm. where like a neuron fires like a second or like a millisecond shorter mm-hmm. than what, than your actual lived experience. Yeah. And then you feel like it's a deja vu because you're neurolapse. Yeah. And I felt like when I heard that, it like made sense to me. Yeah. I was like, okay, maybe like my ne- brain just failed me for like a little something second. Something like that. It's, it's weird because like when you think of like neuroscience and stuff, like yeah. they're, they famously, they've been linking deja vu to uh, epilepsy because essentially the same areas of the brain that's activated during epilepsy is somehow af- affected in most cases of deja vu. So there's actually a, a famous professor. I don't have here what school he taught at, but his name is Paul Spires. And he was pretty famous for, in a lecture, they were having a conversation about deja vu. And at, like most of the class put their hand up and he, he yelled out, you're all epileptic. <laughs> Epilepsy, essentially, deja vu is a kind of oh, like Oh man, if a professor simplified. told me that, maybe I'd believe them, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I just looked this up. Uh, I looked up deja vu brain. And on Wiki, it said deja vu is, asso- is associated with temporal temporal lobe yeah. epilepsy. Mm-hmm. This experience is a neurological anomaly related to epileptic electric discharge in the brain, yeah. creating a strong sensation that an event or experience currently being experienced has already been experienced in the past. Hi, this is the last train, and we'd like to remind you that your body is more messed up than you think <laughs> it is. <laughs> That's it's it's weird because and it's weird that you would say that too because like if if we learn nothing from this podcast because it is a fun one <laughs> it's that the mind is so vast and that we understand in comparison very little about it right so even when somebody tells me that your brain lagged which caused you to it, it triggers something a kind of fascination in me it's like man. What else can I do to my mind you to know, alter the way I experience things? Drugs. Something like that. It's like <laughs> limitless, like NZT or something like that. Um, oh my gosh. I Maybe this is kind of off topic, but I don't know if you guys have heard of this drug. I can't even remember what it's called. It's something bizarre. I grew up in Surrey, so you know I've heard of a lot of drugs. <laughs> not tried a lot of them, but I heard of this one drug. We're not condoning drug use. Yes. <laughs> don't try this at home. I heard of this one drug recently from my friend who's very fascinated by drugs and she was infatuated with this idea. And apparently this drug, it gives you like a 10 minute high, but you live an entire lifetime during this high. And it like changes your life. Wow. Like people don't come out of this drug, the Mm. same person that they went into it as. Mm. 
And it's just interesting how you like your brain can experience that. And that's obviously like that. Well, maybe, maybe not obviously, but it seems that that's not a real experience, Mm -hmm. but your brain thinks it is. That's all you see the world through is your mind, right? So the, the degrees in which you can affect it, right? Or play with it a little bit. Imagine that we have like a deja vu pill that makes people have this feeling of familiarity. And yeah. it's just like, wow, I've totally like spoken in this mic before. Like it's just, oh my God, my beard, I've had a beard before. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much, I mean, there's various, and doing the research on this, it's like there's just various forms of deja vu experiences. And like the reason why the research is so inconclusive is just, is because they lump a bunch of sensations together. A bunch yeah. of people saying, like, I've dreamed this before. A bunch of people saying, like, I've had this feeling before. Uh, deja visite, essentially meaning that, oh. like, it's a, it's a kind of Can deja vu. Can I name vu. my child that? Deja visite. <laughs> yeah. It does, it does sound... Visite. <laughs> is that male or female? <laughs> I think visite is unisex. Yeah. We'll go with that. That's go. a safe answer. <laughs> okay. Let's play a game. Deja visite. What do you guys think that means? Mm. What have you felt before? Deja visite. Visite. And we're guessing what it means. Yeah. It, it means you've you feel like you've visited somewhere before. You got it. Visiting deja. <laughs> uh, deja visite is a kind of deja vu that's more connected to specific location and geography. And it's more and, and it it's it goes deeper than just like I've sat in this chair in this space or I've been in this very house before. It's a relationship to the very dimensions of buildings. Like this building was exactly this high. It was exactly you this went far apart. A, you went for a vacation in Mexico, uh-huh. walked on this train. You're like, oh, I've been here before. But, oh but you've, never, you've never been to Mexico yeah. before. Oh my, I have totally experienced this. Yeah. Tell us more. I have totally, <laughs> totally experienced this. I want to hear it. I don't know. Like I grew up doing a lot of traveling with my family road trips and wow, we did it so poor. I don't know if it was because we had no money or just for kicks, <laughs> but like the amount of disgusting motels that my mom like almost cried in is shocking. And I feel like I've seen so much of like the West Coast and Mexico and all these places in the States on these road trips. And I was doing it since I was really little. And now when there's places that I go now as an adult, I am, I I feel like I've been here. I feel like I've been here and like maybe probably I never have, or maybe I have, and I'm recalling something from like a really young age. That would be like pretty absurd. But I definitely experience this when I'm traveling. I'm like, oh, and and it's 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 like my body feeling to the dimensions. Yeah. If you're like, it's weird when it's like a different country. I haven't been in this, like, look at my passport. I haven't been here before, but I feel like I have. Yeah. That's a weird one for me to wrap my mind around. Well, if you think about a theory as being someplace when you're really young and can't really put things together, mm-hmm. uh, and then when you see, you can then later on in life see things that trigger that. Yeah. So maybe you do go to, you know, Spain yeah. and you see a building or street that yeah. triggers something. Yeah. Really, it could be the source of it could be you growing up in Nigeria and seeing a similar setup that you don't remember at all. Mm. But in an attempt for your brain to recall that memory, mm. it kind of fills in the blank, yeah. which would explain 
why your frontal lobe would light up, which right. is a control panel, which is the kind of, of like your making your brain. sense of stuff. Yeah. So it's right. like, uh, I kind of like I don't have all the variables, but yeah. like I'm pretty sure. Is it this? Yeah. yeah. So then you're like, is it this? Doesn't that seem like <laughs> just it's the not, most it's, human thing to do? Yeah. <laughs> like just kind it's of. Like I'm pretty sure I know. Yeah. <laughs> like maybe men do this more than women. <laughs> different podcast join us next week um it, it is yeah we can talk about this a lot but but <laughs> deja visite look it up i think yeah. it's, i think it's one of the cool ones that's the cool. one i want to focus on the most is the one that everybody knows that's deja vu like i've lived this moment before mm-hmm. and the reason i want to oh i have a question yeah do you guys see deja vus as purely scientific or in your experience do you feel like a more spiritual connection to deja vu honestly especially in our culture and i was gonna say this later but why not whatever like we're all raised everyone in this room i think was raised under a kind of christian uh, you know that side of abrahamic religion right yeah mm-hmm. and especially like me and yanu being from africa there's this large culture of premonition, right? And even my own dad was tooted as like somebody who would dream things and things would happen, right? So I feel like for people that are mm. have this spiritual, like have a tendency to link things to a kind of spiritual, you know, realm, Yeah, when you've been exposed to that. We like to make that connection, yeah. right? But like... So you personally, you can see the spiritual side of deja vu? I, I want to understand the science, but like... I, the way that I experience it, it's just right. It's too personal for me to say like this is just neurons. I'm not. I'm, I'm not having an epileptic seizure right uh, now. Yeah. I think it depends on your go-to. I think no one knows mm-hmm. answers to some questions. Yeah. Uh, but we have our comfort zones. We have the pathways our minds have walked before we have our default yeah and for some people that is religion for some people it isn't anymore but they haven't found the next thing Mm -hmm. so again it defaults back to what you've experienced best i think for me my thought isn't even though i like to explore the spiritual side my thought usually isn't that yeah your first i i i i find the concept of the mind so interesting. Mm-hmm. I've also heard many podcasts on DMT experiences and shroom experiences and just this idea that, like Juliana said, you have this 10-minute experience, but you lived an entire life. life. And then you come back into the real world and you're like, like there's more to this than this. Yeah. This is what right. I'm confined to right now. Yeah. Like Juliana and I went to a VR game, oh my game place. Oh my. And we, you know, it's it's like one of those it's, escape it's rooms. It's not just sitting no. it's not just sitting in a like in a chair yeah. with the goggles and playing games. You're standing in a boxed room. Mm. That way you can really use all, you know, all your all the the space and move around a little bit. Sometimes you end up bumping into the wall, but you don't know. In your head, you're just in this big, huge space mm. shooting at zombies and yeah. what, whatnot. There's and actually studies done walking. where they use VR to test things like yeah. vu and like mm. dream that recall would make sense and things to me. like so, that. Yeah. So then we finished playing, I think it was half an hour or an hour. And when we came back out, you guys oh felt like you were in gosh. there for a while. 
felt like we're in, it, 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 it felt it made me like, question my physical world. Like we we were visiting <laughs> this. It's like oh, like people don't even know about like yeah. like they like the other world. I lived in yeah. there. Have you guys ever been in like? Uh, <laughs> I'm protecting you all. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it was like oh, like we're just gonna pretend like we can like, go out and dinner now. We don't know each other like nah. that. Nah. You weren't there. <laughs> Have you guys ever been in like one of those like sensory deprivation rooms where no, you go screw in that. and I want it's a completely to dark so room? Bad. Sometimes you can be in a pool of water. Tank. Yeah. Absolutely, you can't hear anything. I want to so you can't bad. see anything. Yeah. It sounds it's like, like hell. I don't understand. No, I but like love we want to have those experiences, experiences with our mind. And it's some like people all the do, that some people you, don't. Really? And like I said, I'm the guy who wants to. Yeah. Like I love the idea. Like psychology. You know what? You're a good shrooms candidate. Why would you want to know your mind that well? You know? Sorry? Like I don't want to know myself that well. I'm scared of what... Is there see. like it's well, just... I I just for me it's like but it might bring you closer to understanding some things about yourself that you otherwise wouldn't have known. I'm gonna quote Anu's phrase on this. Okay, um, ignorance is bliss. Ignorance <laughs> is bliss. Yeah. yeah, ignorance is bliss is what I say about a lot of things. But yeah. when it comes again to when the it mind, comes to you questioning the physical worlds, I just love. I would love to do that. But, but, but that's the thing is it, it, <laughs> that we see it. If you're saying physical versus spiritual, then it's like, oh, you question the physical world. Mm. For me, when I think about what's happening with the mind, is still, I don't see it as, oh, now it's spiritual. I still see it as physical is just in your mind. For example, if they figure out studies or something all about, be it dreams or deja vu or whatever, and there's a brain or hormone like explanation for it, mm. It would still be happening, you know. What I mean, like, like it doesn't not make it spiritual. Like, it, like it really did happen. I mean, like, if we, like, if someone loses their me- memory, it isn't like a spiritual thing. Yeah, like it's still in the f- physical, wanted- but it's because we know, mm. perhaps, yeah. how it's done. But if we can't explain it, then we chalk it up to something else. And like I said, yeah. some people chalk it up to spiritual. I just, I can't help but think, oh man, like. This has to be more than okay. Like this has to be a mind thing, and I want to know more. I think it's interesting you say that because the other question that I wanted to ask you guys is because deja vu scientifically seems to show that it's your brain having an epileptic moment. What does that tell you? Like personally, not scientifically, just on your own hypothesis. What does that tell you about the line between the physical world and our metaphysical one? And do you think that the brain is existing in like in our physical world and that's the only one? Or do you think that like when you have an epileptic moment, like mm. what does it tell you about your physical world? That's what I wanted well, to. Well, if you consider reality as it relates to what's going on in the theater of your mind. So there's this movie that's constantly playing, right? And it, it just, it depends on how much weight you want to put on what's actually going up there, mm-hmm. right? So it's like, reality or what's real to me is the movie that's playing up here independent of what's actually going on out here which one do you trust right so i feel like modern day sort of psychotherapy and that sort of analysis of like uh illnesses like schizophrenia and like any kind of illness that makes you to have a sort of understanding of reality that seems distinguished from the way that everybody else sees it right it's like you're playing a different movie than everybody else is playing out here right what extent, I mean, the extent in which we can diagnose and help those people, 
does that come from saying, from starting the discussion with the premise that you're playing the wrong movie? Yeah. And we're going to set you like right. Like neurotypical is the one that everyone should be experiencing. Yeah. yeah. Or is that just the way of denying what's a unique and um, sort of special view of, especially, it's a, it's a different movie. You should be happy. Not, well, trying to... I think it is, I th- I think for for one, just the diagnosis to begin with is an acknowledgement of that different movie. Yeah. But to function in society, yeah. there are just certain parts of, we need to understand certain characters. To be on the same page. The, the same. Yeah. Not totally on the same page, but the premise of certain things has to be the same. Otherwise, then we can't really, like if you go do some, something based on your reality, right? is it forgiven? Is it well, excused? Well, and also, I don't know if you guys know people with schizophrenia, but I've had a couple friends who've had schizophrenia. Yeah. And one of the major problems is how it affects your relationships. Mm. Like I had one friend who was like a really close friend and he did enough drugs to kind of fry his brain. And he was, he was one of those people that your parents warn you about, like it's going to mess up your brain chemistry. He was one of those people that was prone to that. And then his brain chemistry got thrown from his drugs. And he was like looking at his mom being like, I know you're Satan. Mm. Like, I know you're Satan. Don't come anywhere near me. And so if you're talking about like a different physical reality, like when you look at someone going through that, you're like, I know you when you weren't experiencing this reality. Mm. Do I help you from this one that you're experiencing now? So when you ask questions like, oh, like, are they just experiencing a different reality? And how, who are we to like step in? Like it is like they're in a really vulnerable place and you are making a controlling decision for their lives. Yeah. But you're hoping you're making one to make it better yeah. when you feel like their relationships are falling apart. Yeah. But it is, I think it is like... Like you are making a decision for people yeah. in that it, it is a kind of, because like if you understand the way that people used to understand people that were insane, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you They used to worship them in certain communities, in certain yeah, tribes. It, I would leave them alone, there. right? And oftentimes like artists and stuff, musicians and like, dare I say, like Kanye West. Mm-hmm. That, you know, mm-hmm. people that like just kind of see the world in a different way, which allows their art to flourish, they tend to be, to struggle with things like right. certain kinds of mental illnesses. Like they have commitment issues or they are fragile or they're it is just schizophrenic. Or things a, like that. Kanye says he's a highly sensitive person. I'm an HSP. Musicians oh, <laughs> are HSPs. It's just, me, that's a different episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's just seen as a diversion from the norm. And yes, many of those people were were praised. Yeah. But many of those people were also tied to blocks and thrown in rivers. Like yeah. just the explanation, like the whole concept of witches. Yeah. Oh yeah. And just the science behind that was just stuff you could not explain. We understand them better. Yeah. And I mean that stuff is still happening in some communities in the world today. Yeah. So I think it is you can think about it starting with a family unit. Mm. And then to a small community, say what is your friend friend group, and then bigger to that, you can say to your what is your church, your school, or your your office, and then bigger and bigger into the world. There's this need for are we good? Like are we on the same? Yeah. 
yeah. page? We have like, to agree. Are we saying the same thing? In order for us to, like, because, for this relationship to work. Yeah, because yeah. we need a base yeah. on how to... If we have the same base, then we, we can react to things, mm. you know, a similar way or at least explain it. And, and then the biggest thing is communication mm. because the world functions based on communication, mm. period. Yeah. Like nothing happens if you can't communicate. Yeah. Even if you, if two people are in a place and they can't speak to each other, they need to figure out a way to communicate to get ahead or move on or get out or whatever they have to do. But then the moment your reality is different, it's like both of us putting different VR things on and talking. And having a conversation. It's like, yo, do you see that? That tree? I'm going to swing. Like, no, no, I see my mom. And it's like, like, (laughs) we're not seeing the same thing. So we can't communicate and be on the same same page. Consider this example. Like, you enter a room Mm -hmm. and people are already having a conversation. You just entered. Mm -hmm. You don't know what they're talking about. So you just start speaking. You sound insane, yeah. even though you're not insane. <laughs> yeah. That's why when you grow up, you learn to listen, people understand age, what people like, are talking about, that. and then you join. <laughs> yeah. Why? So that people don't think I'm crazy, mm-hmm. right? So I, yeah. I think communication is a big, yes. really big thing. It's, 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 I think the idea of getting people to, of trying to intervene and save people and yeah. whatnot is to get people on the agreed upon reality wavelength and movie. reality yeah. and movie watching the same thing that way yeah. you know if we do something we can both agree that was for the betterment of the group yeah if you do this other thing we can agree okay it's because of this <laughs> yeah. yeah and if you disagree about the reality like just evolutionary speaking the tribe's gonna break apart yeah, yeah. you're not gonna be in the same tribe anymore like you have like that's what religion's for right oh yeah. this is the reality we all agree exists. we all agree right? yeah that's that's a perfect thing to tie it in where they are again people's choices of what their default and fallback thing is we live in a world where we can't understand everything but when you get to to that edge of the flat earth yeah and you're about to <laughs> uh, fall off <laughs> whatever you decide is your... You just got rid of a whole demographic of our listeners. <laughs> yeah. Whatever you decide is your ethos or just what you believe in is what will keep you yeah. on par. And then when people lose that, mm. they lose meaning. Yeah. They I lose mean, the ability to communicate with others yeah. and lose the will to live, mm. which we talked about on the previous episode yeah. about just how when certain when you just don't have anything you're be it working for or fighting for or, or, or just something like a goal yeah or not like you don't have a way to explain things yeah then things kind of become pointless absolutely then you if you fall down the rabbit hole of like despair of why am i here yeah and you cease to live a meaningful life there's at that point. there's no yeah yeah, yeah exactly. it's it's weird that we're relating deja vu to I guess what I can describe as like a small case of like insanity. So it's like your brain has given up on you in a way. But I will say one more thing about on this. Um, Do you know in like ancient sort of um, Native American communities, what they would do is that once in a while, psychopathy would happen. And somebody would just be insane and just go around killing people. Oh, Ted. They didn't know how to deal with that, right? But even, even there, 
even at that sort of basic, um, I guess, like human point, they were mm-hmm. able to understand that this person isn't okay, right? <laughs> and we don't really know what to do with this person. Yeah. And we don't really want to kill oh, him Kevin? either, yeah, right? He's the village idiot. <laughs> yeah, he's the. <laughs> it's he's not like okay. He's okay. He they didn't have bite. shrinks, right? They didn't. Yeah. <laughs> so what they would do is that they would tie them up and put them on icebergs. Oh my so goodness! So they would let sort of the elements deal with you at that point. But I think that's. Uh, I feel like I get it. Yeah, I feel like I get it. But it didn't kill them. Of oh, they, they probably died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I, they might have drifted I, I into think, another community, being taken go. in, and then started killing people there, or <laughs> maybe got adopted by people who worship insane people, and then they were able to live their lives. In yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I like that one, ending. One, uh, I we can read more about this and then realize I'm totally wrong. But what that makes me think of is if you see the, especially if the person was different before. Mm. And then right, and you they, see a shift, and then you see a shift. Yeah, the idea of putting them through, and that's bipolar people, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. but the but again, but with bipolar, unless it's set at a later age, like if you're bipolar, if you've been bipolar, then like it's something that people know. They just know that you can change. But in a situation where, like, if a situation where you lose yourself later in life. This idea of being tied to like an ice block and ice being block. yeah, Dealt because you think nature. about how near death experiences changes people. <laughs> oh <laughs> my god! Right. So my I hear that I'm like, hmm, I wonder if it was a okay. You're overwhelmed. We're gonna strip everything down to just your will just survival to live, just survival. Yeah, because even the idea Maybe I you'll see. Wake up. Fingers crossed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like maybe <laughs> you wake up and realize, oh, all of this is like me thinking about this, da, 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 is a privilege. Yeah. What really matters is just making it to the, the next day. The next day. Yeah. Like that's a. Oh, man. Possible. You, you, you know. Now I'm thinking of like that's a possible of the Wilson. Mind. Oh, no. <laughs> that's a possible reason for why it's like, well, let's just reset. Yeah. Let's reset to like base. Mm-hmm. Based needs because some things people worry about or get anxious about or whatever else all about is seen to people in other communities as a privilege. Yeah, where it's like, oh, I'm so worried about this, and I feel like I could kill myself because of that, and they're like, oh, like I'm not well off enough to be worrying about that. Oh, you mean white privilege? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not well enough enough to be worrying about that. Like, yeah. like where there's I'm at, for that. it's just I am. Mm-hmm. I am too focused on there's enough in front of me. Yeah, where I don't think about that. But then you get, but then you go through. You know, honestly, uh, though, that stage loves, of life is important hierarchies. because when you get to the point where you have the privilege to like be insane. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, you <laughs> That's are at a place in society where. You're dealing with um, things that are going to advance technology, yeah. And so, it, like, it, it doesn't that could it advance, doesn't say anything. not always, but could really. advance. Yeah, I wanted to say something else too. I just want to say that the idea that my reality is so linked to my neurons, and that, like, when you think about it, like when you have a deja vu, 
it causes you to question your reality, like your state of being. Whoa. And the idea that that reality is literally controlled by like micro size things things happening in my brain. But like, if you think of- It's just, it's scary. Yeah. But like, if you think of quantum physics, and that's Mm -hmm. a way that people like to understand deja vu too. I understand nothing about quantum physics. I'm not a physicist. The only thing I know is that when I was studying um, Descartes in college Mm -hmm. um, and and certain kind of trying to understand like determinism and things like that, like causality. we came to an understanding of quantum physics as it relates to randomness, right? Mm -hmm. In the world, in this layer of reality here, I act and things react, Mm -hmm. right? That's, we understand cause and effect like that. So it leads us to believe that like, if we understand everybody here and all the variables here, we should be able to accurately predict the future. It's not a perfect theory, Mm -hmm. right? But like, there is some way, like if I punch you in the face, you're probably gonna get angry. Well, based on the person, because you know the person like, oh, if I punch this guy, he'll react this way. Just consequences. Just tennises. Yeah, but when we talk about quantum physics, that realm, it introduces this idea of randomness, right? Like we, we we have very little control. Even the way that thoughts pop into your mind, yeah, like you seemingly have no control over it. Yeah. So like much of what we give, you know, when we under when we give control of our reality to random things firing around in which we have no control, that are kind of dominated by this idea of randomness. The more I'm willing to actually let go and understand yeah. that yes, much of my con- consciousness is related to things I don't actually understand that exist on another layer of reality mm-hmm. that I can't. You know, like math, like numbers don't go that low. Okay. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm about to blow your mind. Okay. I just watched this episode of Connected. Yeah. Okay. On Netflix. I'm Connected. Con- about I've never seen that. To blow your mind on randomness. Oh, no. Seriously. Okay. Get ready. I'm ready. So there's something called, God, I think it's like Benford's Law or something. Something starts with a B. Benford? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and essentially, the law states, so this guy was like reading, this was way back. He's reading this library book. He's like, oh, the first pages are way more used. And somehow he's like reading numbers or something. I don't know, boring people stuff. And then he's like, the first page is all worn in the back. And then he starts making observations about numbers. Yeah. And basically the law goes, and this, this sounds crazy. It sounds crazy. But essentially in any given random set of numbers, yeah. there will be 30% of the like of all the numbers of all the numbers of a hundred of two of three thousand forty one, the first digit of that group of numbers, of all the group of numbers, one the number one will appear thirty percent of the time, mm-hmm. and then number two will be half that, yeah, and then number three is like half that, and it does this curve like a slope. Oh wow! And. That's in any given set of random data. So yeah. even with like voters, mm. when people are voting, mm. the amount of people that like vote or something like, oh, it's always like the one is in the 30% and blah, blah, blah. And if people go against their actual beliefs of voting, then Benford laws is disrupted. Yeah. But even something like the size of volcanoes all over the earth. Mm like the number one will show up 30% of the time. And like randomness yeah. is actually somehow not yeah observable that's i mean think about it this way right there's this idea in philosophy and i don't remember the name of it and i oh my god i think it's parmenides and his goal was like proving a bunch of paradoxes to make people believe to question the way that things really are and that 
he essentially said, and I, I, I hope it's him. I might be wrong. Please donate me, whoever's <laughs> listening. <laughs> but he says, I can prove to you um, that the, the concept of infinity exists just by using you and this room. Oh, my God. Right? So he says. Again, like, just let me be ignorant. Just like. Peace, <laughs> please. Uh, he says, um, go half the, you know, the, the full distance of this room, go half that. Right? So he goes half that. Okay. Go half that distance again. He goes half that. Go half that distance again. He goes half that. Numbers wise, that man should never leave that room because the numbers will become so small, Mm -hmm. he's essentially trapped in place. Mm -hmm. Right? So since there's an infinite number of midpoints between two (laughs) points. Play the twilight zone. (laughs) But like infinity exists. At the subatomic level, in yeah. numbers, infinity is real, but mm-hmm. we're seemingly able to leap past infinite lengths just to leave rooms and stuff. Yeah. It's, I don't know why I brought that up, but it is a, yeah, a really fascinating. I know. Thing. Yeah. Well, I know. again, that goes hand in hand with why. Uh, like, we're average people and we learn this stuff and we're like, oh my gosh, we're so average and we yeah. know this. Where are we at <laughs> in the world right now? <laughs> Only smart people should know this stuff. I like the I like what you said in terms of uh, I can't remember how you put it, but you said maybe another level of re- reality, yeah, as opposed to again spiritual, yeah, realm, yeah. And I think I relate more so with that's that metaphysical, right? Wording because it's like it's still yeah reality, yeah. Just because you can't explain it mm. to me. Again, this is to me because p- people understand it and handle it differently. Yeah. To me, the reason I always go to, or I wonder how this is b- being made by either my mind or brain when it's not something in my head, yeah, uh, is because of that. It's because I feel like there is, we just don't know, mm. but there is a rhyme or reason to stuff. Yeah. It's more than you g- think. More than you think. And the the reason I, I the reason I think so is because of where we are now versus fifty years ago yeah. versus fifty years before that. And I've seen I mean people used to think how the earth was people flat. yeah. And I've yeah. seen and how what, people Annie? act and how civilizations act because they thought, oh, there is no explanation yeah. for this, therefore this. Yeah. yeah. And I actually, when I was watching Connected, and it, it triggered me for something my, my professor said to me, who is like a geologist professor, and they said this in common. They were like, whenever you're looking at the environment or science and you're trying to find the answer, always look for the simplest one. Mm. I believe that's um, Occam's razor. The correct answer is always the simplest mm-hmm. one. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he yeah. said because... He's like, because things make sense. Like whenever like energy is moving, like if a volcano erupts, it's because somewhere the energy is low and blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah. And like when you're looking at things in terms of balance, like on a scale of a balance yeah. scale, it's like, oh, this is the outcome of this. Yeah. Just physically. Yeah. And, but, that's, yeah. but that's understanding the physical world as it relates to causality. Yeah. Things exactly. make sense yeah. on this level of things. But if you go smaller, it doesn't. It's random. It's yeah. infinite. It's big, right? But on here doesn't make any sense yeah 
And that's where deja vu kind of sits with me. And then you end up with theories of like quantum entanglement and like multiple parallel universe theory mm-hmm. and all this stuff and like things you know that what? people just don't understand. I right? feel but like maybe that's where the answers are. I think that I'm thankful though for like the unknown. Like when we studied deja vu's and we're like, yeah, it's neurosynapses, but like, whoa, neurons, blah, blah, blah. Um, what it does is it leaves a gap for people to fill in with their humanness. Yeah. So you can come into that as a person and be like, oh, this is strictly science. Oh, this is the matrix. Oh, the the answer is religion. And I like that about being human. Which is the difference between humanity and being human and being a, be a, being a, a bot or a program yeah. on AI. Yeah. It's that level of just, again, humanness. It's very human to do that, to like fill in this gap with our limited understanding. Yeah. It's like cute that we do that. (laughs) (laughs) But like it happens time and time and again. Yeah. Right. I mean, like before people even like understood what, you know, even think about medicine, right? They like, it's like, oh, that leg's busted. We should chop it off. You know what I mean? And then what happened? Then we have the MRI and now we're able to see things in people's body without cutting them open first. When I me- messed up my knee, I was very thankful for the century I was born, born <laughs> yeah. in. Imagine like missing it by like a week. Yeah. Mm, sorry, dude. Yeah, we haven't no really, that's, that's still in trials. We haven't really perfected like foot surgery yet. So. Yeah. <laughs> You're out of luck. <laughs> um. But yeah, it's it's funny where this thing is sort of taking us. But um, there is sort of one more thing I want to focus on, and that's something that Juliana you mentioned earlier, and that's this idea of understanding deja vu as it relates to dreams. I've mm-hmm. dreamed this before, and there's there was actually a study done, and it's weird. Like I said, deja vu is a hard thing to test, right? But there's three things that um, they need. Right. So that's the capacity of dream recall. Not everybody remembers things that they dreamed like vividly. Yeah. But you can solve it. Never do. Yeah. But you can solve it with diaries though. So like immediately you wake up, write it down because it's fleeting and it's gonna leave you in the next like couple minutes or so. So dream recall is a big one. And then there's attitude towards dreams. That's huge. It's like not everybody is gives a fuck. I know how I react <laughs> to dreams versus how Juliana does versus how my mom does versus yeah. how like just There's so many places to go on this. Le- levels that are cultural, yeah, experience based, you know, and so on and so forth. You know, I mean I I'm thinking of so many things right now when it pertains to dreams. And I feel like you can't talk about dreams in the terms of like our reality in terms of people who've grown up being Christian. Mm. Um, without talking about prophecy and propheticness. And I don't, I've, I've had some crazy dreams. So I started dreaming, like I obviously everyone dreams, but I started having crazy dreams when I was 10. It was right after someone who was like a dad to me, he died in a really tragic, sudden accident. Mm. I'd been with him the day before and it was, I was 10. So I had a really hard time processing it. And then I started having night terrors. Like every night and they would be like waking up, sweating. I would like come down the stairs in the morning and be like, mom, I'm so sorry. Grandpa died. She'd be like, what are you talking about? Like my dreams and my reality became so muddled. I did. I couldn't tell which one was memory and which was a dream. Mm. And, um, the same way that you talked about training yourself to do dream recalls. Yeah. I've trained myself to forget my dreams. Mm. 
because they were so confusing to recall. Or like, I would want to bring something up with my family, like, oh, remember this? And then I would hold back because I'm like, I don't even know if that really happened. Yeah. And I've had dreams like since every single night since I was 10. Yeah. And I've had like seasons where it goes away for like a week or like a month. And those are really thankful for, but it always comes back. Yeah. And it is really interesting. Like I'm, I'm thinking, of, you know, when you had a dream that you, um, like he, he was, he was living in Alberta at the time and he was going to come to BC. And then he had a dream that he got in a car accident and he called me. He's like, it was so funny though. Cause like the graphics in my dream sucked. Like the visual <laughs> effects were, butt, and like, it was just the weirdest dream. And then he like yeah. mentioned it to his mom in that setting. And then she goes, she's Nigerian. And she goes, if you go, like you're making the biggest mistake of your life. Yeah. Where to, yeah. When I, again, sorry, I, I shared your story for you. No, it, it's, it's, it's just so. Was she it's quite so serious typical. about it in her well, warning? Well, yes, but or was like, she just a little bit more like, well, you know. No, she was definitely very serious, serious about it. But just speaking to what the the dream was for me, it's just so typical, like Iano brain. I'm so like, I don't know. I feel like I'm so connected to reality, but then also computers and whatnot. Like we. We're driving to Jasper and we saw this really nice view. Mm. And instead of being like, oh my gosh, like nature is beautiful. I was like, dude, that looks exactly like oh my the gosh. MacBook desktop. That's a perfect huh. depiction. Yeah. Like, wow, like did yeah. they build this like yeah. based on the MacBook? Thing? Yeah. <laughs> We're like, what is that? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so, if you're like me, you're listening and that breaks your heart. <laughs> so that's how like everyone works. So anyways, in, in, like in this dream, like everything seemed real. And then I got in the accident and it just seemed to John Wick. Like <laughs> the car was like douche, douche, douche. I'm like, <laughs> like, I, like I'm seeing all this happen. It's yeah. not. And then I think there was like weird hang time in the car too. Yeah. And I was like, like, exciting. I was no, like, no. oh, like this is so, this is I'm like, oh. That sounds like a lucid I'm, dream. I'm dreaming. Like yeah, a lucid yeah, yeah, dream. Yeah. This is dumb. Like, yeah. like, but, but, but I was still like, quote unquote asleep. Yeah. So I was like, well, I guess let's see where this takes us. Well, but, like, but like way to ruin the freaking dream by not being good enough. That <laughs> is a form of deja rev, right? It links into lucid dreaming. It's a kind of dreaming where you can't distinguish, you know, what's here, but Toby, what's not have you here. lucid dreamed? But like what Yanu's talking about, it's more of like the matrix where it's like yeah. immediately apparent to you when you're not in the matrix anymore. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. well, this isn't what things <gasps> are supposed to be. People are doing that in real life and we don't believe and them. And we don't know. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, have you had a lucid dream? I've, honestly, I have terrible dream recall, right? And my attitude towards dreams, I think it's more skeptical, right? But I Ooh. do have, that's honestly like, I have a, a weird attitude towards dreams. My dream recall is bad. But the third thing that they talk about here that they use for their testing is a, a individual personality, mm -hmm. right? And where they go, and, and what they mean by this is that each and every single person has varying degrees of, you know, when it comes to measuring their capacity to relate to imagination and like have a, an aesthetic appreciation for things. Some people are just like that. So they have a better appreciation or dreams. They take it seriously. They're able to find connections within their real life. That dreamy experience means something to them right. than it does for other people. So it's saying that, essentially it's saying that you need to be an open-minded person. So maybe like Yanu 
having his dream, dream, wake up. And me knowing like a detail of your personality as being a very skeptical person, like you Mm got to see the proof first, Mm -hmm. your mind is like giving you subtle hints, like, man, look at this car. It's not even starting right. (laughs) This is like the Windows meadow. Like I'm in the MacBook meadow right now. Like what's going on now? But somebody like maybe Juliana, who's somebody that maybe, I don't know, like don't get on my case for this, maybe has a more like creative I'm not saying you're not creative. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. Like, well, well, no, it's okay. I'm smarter than him. He knows that. <laughs> um, just having a, a more aesthetic connection to things, having a more open-minded when you see things that are strange. Yeah. That makes you more susceptible to deja rev. I got super into why people dream because I wanted my dreams to stop. Like when I started having dreams, it was at a time when I was still really deep in the Christian culture and I felt like I was having prophetic dreams. And I was also like, there's some dreams that I had that were just so horrible, like watching my mom be like euthanized in front of me and like just crazy stuff that like when it feels real, you like wake up and you're like traumatized by it. Yeah. Um, but I was reading that dreams, it, seem, it seems that people who dream a lot are, and I'm doing little bunny ears, but are more creative. And I just think, well, you know what? If that's what it is, I don't mind being less creative because this is not nice. Like that's, this- I mean, that ties into what we're going to talk about next, which is sort of nightmares, mm-hmm. right? So it's interesting to see somebody that dreams a lot, right? And but you want it to stop because you're not comfortable with the images that you're seeing, yeah? Or do you feel like it alters the way that you experience your normal life? So. You think you live your life, you think everything's okay and people are nice and we genuinely try and the world isn't perfect, but it tries and maybe one day yeah. it's going to get there. And then you dream and it's just the, you're, <laughs> the negative, all the crap, it's, it's working through this. And then you see dragons and monsters yeah. and, and then that influences your the way you actually live your life. The way you interact life. with the world. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, damn, deja rev. Yeah. It's a funny thing. I had a dream last night actually that... Like, usually I have dreams that, like, don't really involve, like, particular people in my life behaving in a type of way. There's usually, like, an enemy against the people that I love. Yeah. But I had a dream last night of someone who had, hadn't had been a nice person to me in the past, haven't had good experiences with. Yeah. And this person, like, went out of their way to, like, terrorize me and, like, wreck my car mm. and, like do these things and when I woke up I was like grumpy (laughs) and I was like and I've had enough of these experiences that like I have to choose to like put it away and like there's there's like a like that 10 second window you're talking about when you wake up when you can like recall I use that 10 second window typically to forget to forget it yeah like instead of trying to reacquaint yourself with what's real Mm -hmm. what's actually here but I don't know if you guys have had this and it's super trippy have you had dreams where you're waking up from it and then you're like, I want to see the ending. <laughs> and then you sleep back into the like, dream because I've done that dream? a lot. Like no, having, it could be any dream, really? but you're just making this decision like mm-hmm. kind of subconsciously, kind of consciously. Yeah. Have you done that? Um, I've had good dreams where it's like, wow, that club was bumping. Can't believe that girl was Are talking to me. Are you kidding me? And I woke up and like, no, go back to sleep, go back to sleep, go back to sleep. People like, are experiencing me to the back. Experience that do like are you able to complete the dream? Um what do you what do you mean? Like, like can you slip go, back into it? Of course not. 
Yeah. Oh, really? no, no, no. But, but, there's, there's actually been rare cases where, like, I do fall back asleep and I yeah. pick up right. Yeah, yeah, once but, or twice. But that's the thing is that I am so good at that. And again, it could be just me just having such little b- belief in things. Mm. But when that happens and I'm up, yeah, I'm like, man, I'm going to finish this myself. Oh, and I damn. just go back to bed and yeah. finish this, the uh, script. Mm-hmm. <gasps> so guys. so then it's like, what's the, what's the, like, was it... Was I writing the script the whole time anyway? Mm. If I was able to so easily complete it? I know. You know what I mean? Question. Yeah. Okay. I had the first dream ever last week where I was killed in my dream. Uh. I typically don't have dreams where I've killed in my dreams or I'm about to die and then I wake up. Mm. This one, I was killed in my dream in a YMCA by a bunch of weirdos. I won't tell you the rest of the dream. It's really disturbing. But I was shot by this like gang after I like took like Julie Andrews as someone as a hostage mm-hmm. and they killed her first. <laughs> and then when I died, I saw the gang like someone had called the police during it and they were like leaving and they were surrounded and taken by the police. Mm. But have you guys had dreams where you've died in your dream? A uh, long, long time ago. Yeah. Ago. I've had dreams where like I almost died and then I woke up at that moment. Yeah. So yeah. that was that was like the matrix snapping you in or, or something like that. Yeah. Experiencing something really strange. You'll tell ya. Yeah. Um there was a time that I believed because I was still trying to understand dreams and prophecies. And there was a time that I thought, like, oh, when I slip into my dreams, am I slipping into actually another reality? Mm. And I felt like, I don't know, like that there was something that was like real about it mm-hmm. that we, that we were like denying as that a culture. relatable with when, like, I, I haven't really had a dream like this recently. I feel like now I would, you know, dip into reality a little bit, make it lucid and do it. But yeah. where I would feel like I was in a place where... Like, for example, I could jump off a ledge or I had a dream that I was, like, naked in in a school. But I would... And again, this... Yeah, I'm just remembering this, but this is from way before. But in my head, I would think to myself, I feel like I'm dreaming. Mm. And because of that, I should be able to just do whatever. Yeah. Because yeah. it doesn't matter because it's just a dream. Yeah. So even though I'm naked in school or in public, I can just I can just keep this dream going because yeah. whatever. Yeah. Or even though I'm about to jump off this build building, I can just jump off and it doesn't matter because it's a dream. Mm-hmm. But then what my fear no, I never did because what my fear was was lame. Is there a certain level of like and it was funny because in my dream, I was thinking, this is coming from my brain. So if I jump off in this dream, could the, just the rush of that mm. over, like overload mm. my real brain to where it screws me over in real life? No way. You know what I'm saying? 
where I'm yeah. like, ba- based on what is different, if you. Oh my gosh, that is the weirdest thing for your get... dream self to consider. <laughs> That's actually like. <laughs> like, it's one thing if you, you'll get shot is out of your control and then you're just laying, laying there. Yeah. But I'm like, oh, if I use my brain, mm. my in real life, sleeping in my bed brain mm. to do this. Will I ramp up my RAM so much? Oh my gosh, get out of combat. I just like freeze. Yeah. Like it actually, like I pretty much overload. Overload. Yeah. My brain while trying to have this crazy gym. It's like, guy, like, you know, you're not going to fly. Yeah. So if you <gasps> try like, to use your like, graphics to fly, it's stop. weird that, it's like, like his pixels. Yeah. No, no, because what's <laughs> happening for him is that he's trying to reach a kind of lucidity in his dream that, like, makes sense in an mm-hmm. effort to kind of because that's just the way he makes I sense am. of things yeah. right but like if he like freud you know he's like the resident dream guy much of what freud said says is like uh, a lot of people discredit you know like uh, certain theories about um a certain kind of ancestral relationship between boys and their mothers and stuff oh like that but we won't go there we won't go. different podcast different podcast <laughs> um <laughs> you know he says that he has a way of distinguishing what he calls dreams to dream-like experiences. But mm. he would say, like, in, in a dream where you were able to fly, that's not really a dream. You know, it, it's like because people don't fly in real life. Your dreams are kind of based with this understanding of what makes your mind work in the real world. Oh. But it's manifested itself in a kind of pictorial way. But it must make sense. Interesting. That's a dream. Everything else— is not a dream. So I feel like what, what Yanu's touching on is just um, when, when he's able to essentially catch himself reaching, a, you know, having His a Freudian dream. experience. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a Freudian dream. Okay, It's guys. a realistic dream. A the real- moment about- it stops being realistic, I pull myself I mean, out. think about it this way. Think about it this way. I was reading a book um, by Ben Okri, mm-hmm. who is a Nigerian writer, and it's an incredible book, and it's called Astonishing Gods. And what it, it's a fiction book, actually, and it's talking about a man who is invisible. Right, he was born invisible, and so he goes on a quest to discover who he is. Uh, he ends up at this place, right, and um, he ends up at a town, and he must cross the invisible bridge. There's certain voices in his head saying, "Go ahead, cross the bridge." Reality is intruded in a very strange way. He knows there's nothing there, so he's petrified. He cannot move. Anyway, things happen. Leap of faith. He steps out. All of a sudden, he's walking on a bridge. Reality intrudes, says there's no way this is possible. The bridge disappears. He starts falling. Another bridge appears. It's made of water. And now he's swimming. He is goes, man. Is getting like Jesus walking on the water? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's exactly what I, I yeah. thought, thought about. It's almost like you need to believe for this dream to work. Right. I yeah. I am just like on lucid dreams too. I've had a few lucid dreams. And one of them is funny so i'll share it with you but what you're saying where you believe in my lucid dreams when i've i've realized i was dreaming and then forgot i was dreaming and then i remember again and i'm like oh shit i don't want to forget yeah but in one of my lucid dreams i'll tell you because it was funny i was like uh i was like an annie orphan getting like tortured in an orphanage and then wow your dreams are very uh (laughs) very pictorial (laughs) she sets up these elaborate schemes and then i remember being in the dream and i was like oh shit y'all this is a dream and i had this dream and i was like 10 years old or um, like maybe maybe like 
12. It was at an age where like, I realized it was, I thought it was really, really funny when I woke up, but I had this dream. And then I was like, y'all, y'all orphans, this is a dream. <laughs> and they're like, yeah. And then I go up to like the lady and I like the orphanage lady. And I'm like, screw you orphanage lady. And then she tries to hit me. And then boom, I dis like I dodge it. And then I hit her and I'm like, yeah. And the orphans are all like, yeah. And then all of a sudden my legs grow like weirdly long. And I hop, like fly hop to my family's house, even though I'm an orphan. And I go up to my sister and I'm like, this is a dream. And she's like, that's awesome. And I'm like, yeah. "Yeah." And then I hop over to my brother and I'm like, this is a dream. And he's like, no, it's not. Yeah. And I was like, no, I just hopped here. Like, I swear (laughs) to God, one hop I'm here. And then he goes, no, it's not. If it's a dream, hop over that pool. Yeah. And I couldn't do it in my dream. Yeah. Because he told me it wasn't a dream. And I think probably there's something to do with like the relationship there or whatever, mm. but I couldn't do it. Yeah. And I've had other dreams too, where like, I've like been talking to like the witch of Narnia and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is a dream. And I'm like, and I told myself in my dream, like I've always wanted to fly my dreams. I'm going to grow wings and I'm going to fly. And so I like focused really hard and I'm like, I'm going to grow wings. I'm going to grow wings. Yeah. And then I like started growing them and I was like, this is awesome. And then I started flying. I was, I had the, the thing that Ian was talking about where I'm like, my Ram was overloaded yeah. and I was like, Oh, actually I don't think I can fly. And then it just stopped. And yeah. then I forgot I was dreaming again. Mm. I mean, perhaps dreams have to be understood at this place as this sort of um, subconscious experience that we have in which we don't want reality to intrude. We want yeah. to be able to stand over the cliff, grow wings and fucking fly. You know? You don't want to be like, I don't grow wings. I'm actually going to fall to my death, right? Because reality, I feel like reality is where dreams go to die. Whoa. <laughs> That's dark. Whoa. Um, Whoa. I like it though. Yeah, that, that <laughs> took me to a special place. <laughs> I, um, when I was researching lucid dreams, because like I'm a dreamer, so I'm like, oh, it would be cool if I can control my dreams and make them not bad. And apparently the statistics are, is that most people who can lucid dream then choose to have sex. (laughs) Like in the dream? dream. Again, it's a special kind of person. You know, I'm like, (laughs) "Mm, that sounds like it would affect my marriage. Uh." But that's, I mean, it makes, if you can control it, you would want it to be an escape from whatever reality. Yeah. I mean, um, all of this. People like orgasm in their dreams though. Bro. Oh, I mean, that's what you call a wet dream, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a uh, level unlocked past I mean, wet, any, no, wet dream. No, no bedwetters here, really? Uh, right now? No. Damn. Right now? Yeah. Uh, no, no, of course not now. Like, yeah. you are the, a bedwetter <laughs> at nine years old. Oh, yeah, a yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went the, the, the bed like for years. Yeah. Yeah, for years. Actually, I, I would always dream that I was peeing. Mm-hmm. No, and then same. I'd wake up like, oh, no, same, same. And actually, when I I've started, I've never been to the bathroom in my dreams. When I, ever. I, I would have it. Literally, was it, it would happen where it's like I would dream that I was that I had to pee, yeah, or that like my my uh like that area was get getting warm, and I would be like, no. It's not. No, it's not. Yeah. Like, I don't have to pee. I don't have to whatever. And then I would then go to a place, like in the dream, where I would go I'll go into the washroom yeah. to the urinal mm-hmm. and pee. Yeah. And I would be like, should I stop right now or yeah. should I pee? 
But then I'd be like, yo, like I have to pee. I would pee and then boom, wet the the bed. Yeah. And, and it wasn't. So then I was like, I need to figure out how to control it and pause. Just period. Yeah. So in thinking about that and wanting to control that in my dream, I started to do it in real life too. Where it's like be before I peed, I'd wait a second and then do it. Yeah. And then in my dreams, I started Stop. to wait a second. Like I'll be like, oh, I have to, to pee at wait. <laughs> oh shit, I'm dreaming. Wake up, go use the washer. That makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. Like there's one plus one and then there's that. And yeah. they both make perfect sense to me. Where where it's like <laughs> like I I literally will, 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 will think to myself, oh I have to and then the moment and then let's say I'm um like it's late or whatever. I'm like, oh man, I have to, to pee. I'm like, wait. Mm. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I got to pee and this is real real life. I bet. Yeah. And I had to like train you my... You should like start a program. I had like, to... Like you need to sell this. To train my. You should not be self. putting this on the podcast. You need to keep this to yourself and sell it. <laughs> I need to... In private I, webinars. Training. I had yeah. to literally train myself to like... Oh, this is a, this is a cool way to explain it. Yeah. I had no control over my sleep state. Yeah. So I had to make it i had to merge it as close as possible with my reality because in my reality i have con- control in my sleep state i didn't have control yeah i had to merge the two as close as i could to then gain control of my sleep state yeah i mean that makes perfect sense <laughs> i don't know if, if it's something people do and practice but it but it is what what i had to do to mm. get all over that to get over that and then it physical. trained me to yeah. be able to just like wake up yeah. and go use the washroom. <laughs> i just thought about like body training learned through dreams yeah like what if i could <laughs> do wedding. that with like people killing my family members in front of me in my dreams like oh like pause a second but I don't have anything to practice that with in real life. Like maybe we could do like simulations. Yeah. <laughs> like where my family has to like get involved and like pose as characters that are like about. To, yeah. I don't know. That just got you'll, dark. But I'm like, no. Huh, this but seems you'll like have a I'm like pretty here. like like theatric family that would probably if yeah, that's what like totally you like, need oh to gosh. like help you out. Wait. Okay. <laughs> Actually, yeah. there's something else about dreams that I just remember in terms of my family. So my family knew I was struggling with dreams for a long time. They're very religious people. Um, my dad, he had like the elders from the church over and then he called me over and I didn't know he was going to do this. And he's like, we know that like we were talking about how like you've been struggling with bad dreams for a while. And they were like really bad at that time. And I was maybe like 13 and he's like, in the Bible, it talks about like if people have bad dreams or whatever, or like if they need healing, you anoint them with oil and then pray over them yeah. as the church body. Yeah. And he didn't tell me he was going to do this. And then like we're there and my mom like sees my face like turning white. I'm so freaked out. And my dad's like, yeah, we're just going to put the oil on you. And he like grabs like olive oil or something. And then he like puts it on his thumb and he's like going to cross it over my head. Yeah. And I like almost started having like a panic attack. I was like, this is so freaky. Like I was really scared by it. And all these people around me and they're all staring at me. And like, this feels really personal. And then my mom just like, kind of like stopped my dad. I was just like, Hey, like, it's okay. Like, we'll just say a short prayer, whatever. Like you, like Juliana, it's fine. Yeah. But just that like religiousness of interpreting dreams. And actually after that experience, I stopped having dreams for like a month and a bit. 
Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe my neurons fired up and they were like, this seems true. Correct. Yeah. I'm not going to dream for you anymore. Yeah. Or I'm not going to remember them. Yeah. But I don't, I don't know. Like, yeah. I mean, have you guys had like religious parent talks about dreams? About, you know, no, my, most of mine is just kind of based on uh, understanding it as a kind of um, premonition or, or something like that. Ooh. Yeah. Um, have you, you had dreams that tell were- your parents your dreams? Um, not after I was like 15. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Have you guys had dreams that like seemed like this must be a prophecy or they came true? I, my, again, my mind doesn't work that way. Like when it comes to Deja Rev, it's about being the specific kind of individual that take A, takes dreams seriously and B, also has an open mind when it comes to understanding like aesthetic strangeness. Right. I had that's the thing though is that I, I bet Beyonce has that all the time. <laughs> it's something it's, that's you know maybe that's why they say like things like this. It's like people that watch a lot of movies or people mm-hmm. that travel a lot because those that those tend to be people that have an aesthetic appreciation for things. I like to travel because I like to see things and meet new people. And, mm-hmm. and other people think about it, it's like why would you want to leave your house? Like yeah. there's a Starbucks here. <laughs> <laughs> Such person isn't a candidate for deja rev. Those people live in Edmonton, actually. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Sorry, Edmonton. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's um, it's been really interesting to see uh, where this conversation has taken us. But um, with that, I guess I sort of final comments um, before I sort of move on to the next thing is uh, this understanding of nightmares. Because nightmares is a very... I define nightmares as a type of lucid dreaming. Sometimes it can be placed in reality, but other times it can be quite intimate. Sometimes mm-hmm. the danger is right in your room. Yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? And um, I'm not, when I think about deja vu, when you dream something as a manifestation of an inner fear and then it happens, that's what we're trying to, I don't, all this science is great and we can find the people that, and then, you know, what this research ultimately proved is that it was trying to prove this theory that, you know, there's two sides of the brain, the left hemisphere and the right, mm-hmm. one of which um, allows us to make sense of things and, you know, uh, it's, um, holds our ability to communicate in language. And the other one holds the way we process pictorial images and aesthetic appreciation and that sort of artsy part of your mind. So the theory is essentially saying that when you have a kind of deja vu moment or, you know, when you're experiencing this kind of very lucid, real, intimate thing, it's essentially the two streams crossing. It's cross-stream theory. Mm. And that's what this study was uh, essentially kind of based on. It's just trying to explain this really weird, intimate thing as just your brain messing around on you, right? But, um, but yeah, I guess that's sort of... Uh, that's a good place to end deja vu. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's so a weird one. I think we just Your brain that. is your reality, but don't trust it. Don't. Yeah. If <laughs> don't anything, trust it. it's dreams are weird. Um, but, you know, perhaps looking into this thing can, can bring us valuable insight. I mean, like if you look at Eastern traditions, they understand dreams and deja vu as a meditative thing. You, you sit and you meditate and that's what they want. Right, they want to experience things like that and see strange things. And I mean, generations of people have taken drugs and you know a certain kind of psychedelic um, to drugs. achieve a dream state. Achieve a dream state where they're seeing things in a kind of pictorial and abstract way. So maybe deja vu and deja rev and all these things is just that, just one big uh, momentary acid trip. <laughs> <laughs> the neuronic. Um, a very acid trip. Neuronic acid trip. Um, 
so yeah, um, just uh, quick words um, on the next point here. Uh, interesting research points out that during this COVID-19 outbreak, there's a 35% increase in dream recall. How do they know that? Are they calling people and they asking are. people? They are. It's a survey what? thing. It's a survey thing. So what? what's their hypothesis on why? Uh, they're really just trying to get, um, an un- I mean, certain sleep science, I suppose. They're trying to understand how crises affects mm-hmm. the, the dream. It's called the dream landscape. And of course, the current state of the world is... Mm-hmm. Uh, COVID nineteen. Mm. So there's there's a lot of fear and a it's lot of anxiety. It's such a unique time for that kind for of very, data for too. this kind of research. Yeah, yeah. Because you can really span every. Yeah, you can span so many cultures and places. And under, what, what are people thinking about? But that's mm. that's weird because you know, obviously, uh, I want to assume that this was done in the U.S. People are reporting having dreams about getting in fights in Walmart over Whoa. shopping carts. Um, people report huh. they're always wearing a mask in their dreams. People report a certain kind of way. People what? report like post-apocalyptic situations that the world is ended because of this pandemic. Alternatively, that makes me question like if dreams are affected by a level of stress, crisis, trauma, whatever you want to call it. I wonder if you could study dreams and how they affect people based on race. Mm. Like I wonder if the black community in America dreams would more be strange, yeah. than like, I don't know, yeah. another race. Um, because dreams, we, we can assume they arise from the way you understand the world. And like, yeah, yeah race does have a, a kind of particular way of understanding yeah. things. But I mean, if you're scared you're going to get shot by the cops, like, yeah, maybe like that's, that's traumatic living. Dreams that you have. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, that is sort of the end of this strange. It's a little different from what we usually do here on The Last Train. We like to keep it. It's nice. Uh, it is nice. It's a little free. Switch it up. You Just know? talk about your dreams, baby. Yeah, yeah you know man. What I mean? what talk about deja vu, man. Let's do some acid. Follow your dreams, do dog. Vu. Listen to every deja vu hip hop song. Just relax. Um, Can you play Beyonce's deja vu right here? Oh, if we okay, had thank the you. copyright, if we if to we it, had yeah. the money, and the lawyers, <laughs> you can call it though. Yeah. Um, so yeah, kind of moving on. Can I even call it the intellectual? I mean, it was, uh, some of this discussion was based on some kind of research, but I think it was really just us having a conversation about like a weird thing that happens to us, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, wanting to not necessarily wanting to explain it away, hold on to this kind of special thing that we feel. Yeah. Um, but moving on from that to something we like to do here on the last train to end on a good note, I'll ask a random question. We each take a stab at it, and then we go home. Sounds good. Or yeah. get Krispy Kremes. Yeah. Or, or, right. Uh huh. Oh yeah. They they close in an hour and a half, so let's wrap this. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, question <laughs> this week, and we've already been talking about it. I know Julianne, you've told a ton. The question is just talk about a dream you had that was particularly funny or particularly creepy. Yanu. Oh man, a dream you had I had that was particularly funny. Yeah, I would Everybody's say got I would say the car one was it it was just the funniest because I was in a dangerous situation. Yeah. And was laughing at it because it wasn't produced well enough. Yeah. And I can't think of something just more Iano. <laughs> like you're supposed like, to be scared. This dream should have been a lot more lucid. Yeah. And yeah. it took like a scary <laughs> movie and made it like the Wayne's brother's scary movie. Something like, like that. Something I was making fun of like 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Like what? It's just sort of this like satirical like caricature of the way things. Yeah. Like, like what the hell is this? Yeah. Bop, bop, bop. Like things don't mean that. No. <laughs> exactly. Like, <laughs> so that like that I have to say is my funniest one. Yeah. I'm going a little bit off script here. Yeah. To say my coolest one. Yeah. But my coolest one was I had a dream that this was back in I can't remember what grade 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 it was, but I had a a dream where I dunked. Yeah. Where it was like a, a dunking dream, and I hadn't dunked B B before. Like I think I could dunk a uh, a, a dodgeball. Yeah. But I hadn't dunked like a basketball B before. Yeah. And I'd always tried, 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 and I never, like I never could. And I really wanted to really badly. And I remember I had this dream where I dunked in the dream. Yeah. But I felt it. Yeah. If that makes sense. Well, so it wasn't just like, oh, and then like. the next day you broke your like, knee. Like, oh, I dunked, blah, blah. It was like, <laughs> it was like, I I felt the hang time. Yeah. Like, I Damn. felt myself go up. Yeah. I felt time stop. Mm. Like, the hang time when I was up there. Yeah. The confidence like that I was. Like a replay slow-mo. Going, yeah. Like, the confidence that I was the going sensation. to get it. Even the euphoria. Yeah. But mm. I wasn't seeing it. Mm-hmm. Is it then? I was feeling it. Like I felt like I was in the air. I felt the exact same, same way. And the dream felt amazing. I remembered it for a couple of days and just went on my life. When I could finally dunk uh, years later, yeah. I went up for a dunk, frozen the air, nice hang time. Like, like something out of a Michael Jordan game. Or yeah. Something. yeah. Banged it. Yeah. And it triggered the, that dream for the first time in. However many years it was, like mm. two years, four years, I went up, boom, and I came back down. I was like, it wasn't even like maybe I've dreamt this. It was like, oh, I remember that dream, and so not because of the, the sight is what you're saying, mm. right? <laughs> but 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 it was cool because it wasn't because of like oh I saw it. It was like I felt it, like like I, like I felt that time in the air. Interesting, and it triggered me feeling that in the dream. So that's my coolest dream. That's pretty cool. Damn, damn. Okay, I don't know if I can. I can top that. Um, it's strange because ever like thought about the language that we use? Like we use the word dreams to talk about like um, things that we experience that aren't real, right? But then we talk about dreams as like goals. So does that mm-hmm. mean that we sort of like, does anybody else dream about goals? Like, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. Uh, you know, but I do. That, and I'll tell what, you what my goal dream that was. was. Yeah. I was, that was your goal. It's like, yeah, dude, I want to dunk like, I wanna, and I wanted to freeze and I wanted to be yeah. like MJ. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> I was Beyonce and Jay-Z's adoptive daughter. And I that's heard you not say one this. of my main life goals. I just have nothing to live for. That's your coolest and funniest that, dream. <laughs> that is the only dream that seems to matter. Think, think about it, though. I don't think there's any position in life quite as nice as Blue being, Ivy we will be being best Blue friends. Ivy Blue Ivy come on it's like Beyonce mom you, Jay-Z dad it's come like get in the top passes in the league to damn. toss you alley-oops damn like, yeah. so I'm just manifesting what's going to be it's like you got like Kareem and James Worthy and then it's like try to lose <laughs> yeah like be thankful that you guys know me now because dreams are prophetic and this too shall come to pass um that's what's a, yours um okay um i like i said like i don't have a lot of i sometimes dream that i am 
I've reached specific goals in my life. Like I'll, I'll dream that, yeah, I'm totally like have a lot of money and have a really nice car. And I'm like, great, I'm not poor anymore. Or, <laughs> or like I've gotten like the job that I really like or, you know. I was like, great, I don't have to sell insurance. <laughs> um, but I think dreams that stay with me, because like I said, my dream recall is really bad, is dreams where I fly. Wow. Yeah. Um, I, And this takes me back to even when I was in elementary school and the teacher asked, asked us, uh, the assignment was to write um, about the animal that you wish you could be. And I remember I just wrote the dream that I had. And um, I said that if I could be any animal, I would want to stand on a cliff, spread out my wings. I was very theatrical back then. <laughs> back then? Back then. This was like in the fifth grade. Oh, oh you're saying I'm all... Okay. Sorry, continue. continue. I do have a flair for the drums. That guy wouldn't start a podcast, would he? <laughs> um, and I would soar like an eagle, man. There's just something about it. And it's like, why is flight always just such a great thing like watching i remember me and my roommate we were rewatching man of steel and like there's that scene where superman like masters flight mm -hmm. it's just like it's just such a i don't know um but yeah i think any dream where i'm flying yeah. is uh is a cool ass dream and reality does not invade it does i don't like i'm not soaring 500 feet in the air and then go like wait i'm not supposed to be flying <laughs> <laughs> um but I guess uh, I guess that brings us to the end. Yeah, of episode seven. Episode seven of the Last Train podcast. This was fun. It was fun. This. It was fun. The politics and it's just it's heavy in yeah. a meaningful way. Mm -hmm. But it's it's good to to let yourself explore the the other side of the human. Spirit. I appreciate you bringing a topic up. Oh, absolutely, and uh, more of that. Um, so yeah, we hope you uh, you check us out again. Next week for episode eight, we got something special for you. I was, my name is Toby. I was joined here by Yanu, and it's supposed to be DT, but the beautiful Juliana. And we want to thank her for that. You know, I always knew I didn't have the face for film, and Aww. it's good to be joined here by Don't other say people that. who share that. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> it's good to know there's a community here at the last train. Well, video podcast coming never. <laughs> Not true. Everybody here is beautiful. I'm just getting there. Everybody really here sexy. is beautiful. In my dream, <laughs> in my dreams, I look so good. Yeah. In the dreams, Not though. In, your dreams, in the dreams, though. <laughs> so check us out again next week for episode eight. Uh, stay safe out there. I'm like I'm evil can evil. I bust down the booth like I'm making the seat through transparent. I'm pairing, I'm pairing with eagle. You come to the door when I see you. Knock, knock. Who's there? Yo, it's me like a man doing back on the like scene with a bag the neck. Dope, because you're listening to T-Rex Freestyle by Rex LaFleur. Available on all streaming platforms. Don't lose nothing you ain't willing to give. I don't lose nothing that's not in the plan. Me and fate moving in tandem. I got the plug like a land. I stay with the greenery like I'm a panda. I keep the secret to Santa. I move inside the design. You shout out the window. Shout out the peril. I like the flame like I'm Sanders or Cable. Not of the cable, no capital. Zen is a target. I could make a ghost. Burning through carnage, a killy combat tank. 
Killing like my rap from the dead, y'all king Burning them coming, I'm bloody bled that ting Got the blood of the pen in the booth From white in the eye that they say is a sooth My visage, a vision, a new premonition I'm gaining the leverage, I'm making decisions I bust out the black and I'm moving the light And you know exactly what it is When I'm riding the coupe like Xavier did American gangster, I'm hopping the cliff Up in the brackets, I'm sliding the tins The onus on me to increase my bonus. I'm up in the veggies like casserole dish Oof, yeah, igniting the clip Ooh, signing off as the Ricks <laughs>